All right, I'm Doug White, and it's the Security Weekly News, episode 240, if you can believe that. Um, welcome to the week of 18 September 2022. We got Hot Lonely Planets, mm-hmm. Chrome Loader, MFA Fatigue, Lapsus Dollar Sign. I'm so sorry they're back because I hate trying to say that. Last Pass, Locker Goga, and Lincolnshire. All this and Jason Wood on the Security Weekly News. This is Security Weekly, for security professionals, by security professionals. It's the show that keeps you up to date on the latest security news twice a week. Your trusted source for accurate security information and expert analysis. It's time for Security Weekly News. Right now, everybody is talking about cryptocurrency. And the cyber criminals are hiding in the conversation. Cyber criminals use social engineering loaded with urgency and fear to successfully prey on your company, your employees, and your customers. Spear phishing is just one of the 13 types of email threats. Barracuda has identified 13 types and shows you how you can protect your company, your customers, and your reputation. Find out about the 13 email threat types and Barracuda email protection by going and getting your free ebook at securityweekly.com barracuda. That's securityweekly.com slash barracuda. All right, it's the Security Weekly News. Let's see what we got here. So first up, we've got uh, VMware and Microsoft. Uh, This thing just keeps getting bigger. VMware and Microsoft issued warnings that an ongoing widespread Chrome loader campaign has been seen dropping malicious uh, browser extensions, Node WebKit malware, ransomware, and other stuff. Uh, So... Red Canary had issued a warning that the Chrome Loader browser hijacking malware, which was used for marketing, it was originally marketing affiliation and advertising fraud, but the Red Canary said that this had increased dramatically in the first quarter of 2022. Chrome Loader originally was pretty simple, and it basically what it did was it redirected legitimate clicks uh, to advertising sites. So this is this old click fraud stuff or whatever you want to call it. And it basically gets genera- uh, income generation for the attacker. So Palo Alto Unit 42 reported in quarters, in the second quarter of this year that Chrome Loader had started evolving and was now an info-stealing tool that was trying to exfiltrate data stored in the browser. Now, it still had the adware function running, so it was, it was a double-edged sword. It was like stealing information as well as doing click-throughs fraud. Well, on Friday, Microsoft warned that there is an ongoing, wide-ranging click fraud campaign that they attributed to a threat actor named Dev0796, which was using Chrome Loader. And then this morning, VMware published a tech report which described all of the different types of Chrome Loader variants. There was a whole bunch of, I think there was 10 or more Chrome Loader variants that were used in August of this year and now are being used in September. Uh, these Chrome loaders are being delivered via an ISO file that has a mali- that's usually associated with a malicious ad, a YouTube video comment, or some kind of browser redirect. And, and all this, and it still monetizes the attack as well. So not only are they attacking you, they're making sure you get some free clicks through to some uh, uh, you know, ad site. Um, there's a bunch of variants in there in this article. And there is a link to that VMware report. So if you're concerned about this or whatnot, there was a lot of detail in that, uh, that report that I attached the show notes. And you can check that out and get all the, the grim details about that, that thing. Now, as predicted, multi-factor authentication reduces the threat surface. 
I don't think anybody's going to argue with you there. But also as predicted, it's not a panacea. And of course, now because uh, multi-factor is being put in place, hackers are shifting to social engineering, uh, more social engineering than before to gain access to credentials used to breach large networks. Now, they've always done that, but MFA put the damper on that social engineering stuff, and now they have to come up with new social engineering methods in order to actually be able to get around multi-factor. The new technique is called multi-factor authentication fatigue. <laughs> okay, I, I was like, okay, what could that be? But once I read it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. So prior to multi-factor being in place, it was simple enough. They would just go out and acquire big data sets full of credentials and either brute force the passwords or maybe they have the passwords with the data set or what have you. But the minute my, a multi-factor went in place, none of these approaches actually work, right? Because you actually have to authenticate with some other third-party component. And that meant that all these data sets were useless. But this new approach, which is a kind of, brute forcey kind of thing. Basically what they do because MFA typically uses push notifications to send the sign in key or whatever you need to your mobile, then you agree to, or you refuse the login. So if you, I'm sure you have some of these already. I have some of these, you know, whenever somebody tries to log in, I get a notification and it says approve or, you know, reject or what have you. Well, the MFA fatigue attack uses a script and it just basically blasts their system with login attempts uh, you know, so that the phone is just going bip, 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 bip with all these requests to approve and they just keep it going for however long it takes. So days they may do this. And then eventually either you accidentally hit the accept button, which I would presume they hide and make other spaces on there be accept as well. I don't know if they, they probably couldn't do that though. They have to compromise the app, but they just hope you'll hit accept eventually either by accident or just to try and stop this from going on. Uh, this approach has been used by Lapsus Dollar Sign and Yan Luo Wang, uh, which uh, both had targeted Microsoft, Cisco, and Uber. Uh, so obviously, you don't want to accept these. And, and they also have a campaign where they do phone calls as well. So they call you and try to get you to log in and then get you to give them the, the credential when it comes to your phone saying they're trying to help you. But of course, obviously, you can do that. Uh, solutions to this, you can disable push notifications, but your MFA may not allow, it may not work if you do that. Uh, you can contact your admins. I always love that, that solution because, you know, I'm usually the admin. So then I'm like, okay, now what? Uh, there's another technique that's been put in uh, with Microsoft anyway and some others called number matching, which is basically uh, called verified push on Duo, which is Microsoft's app for this. Uh, the verified push obviously restricts who can actually try to send notifications. So if all these notifications are coming in from some strange number, you can just block all those out. Uh, most major providers in this article had recommendations uh, they for what they said to do with their particular app. So if you're having problems with this, and you may well check that article out. Along those same lines, though, last week's Uber breach has been attributed to Lapsus Dollar Sign which typically targets these kind of high-profile companies, and they've been responsible for Microsoft, NVIDIA, Samsung, Okta, all these other attacks. Well, according to Uber, uh, the breach did not access any production systems that had user information in them, but basically Lapsus dollar sign used stolen credentials of an Uber EXT contractor, and they ran a multi-factor fatigue attack until the, the contractor clicked accept, probably by accident. So once they did that, they were able to get into stuff on the Uber site and they were able to access the Slack space of Uber. And once they did that, 
they posted a company-wide message in Slack, which uh, if you're a user of Uber, you may have received. Uh, and then they also reconfigured the open DNS so that it would display a graphic image on some of the internal sites that employees use. Uh, they still don't know, uh, according to this report, that if anything was injected into the systems or the base system, and they're still doing incident response on the matter, but they did say that no user data was compromised. So they just had access to this sort of workspace and Slack. But password protector LastPass released a statement that said that their data breach in August, which may well have been the same kind of attack, did not reveal any attempts to inject malicious code into their software, which was what everybody was worried about. LastPass did announce on the 25th of August that they had suffered a breach and that the attackers had gained access to the dev environment and stolen portions of source code and other technical information. They went on to say, though, in, in August that no passwords or user data had been compromised. So they don't even store your master passwords and all that stuff in LastPass. Uh, but in this update on the 15th of September, they released more information about this, which said that the breach only affected the dev environment and there was no customer data and that they, didn't, they did not go outside of the dev environment. It's not clear how the initial access was, uh, got around their multi-factor, but it's probably that they used something like an MFA fatigue attack. And once they did get in, they impersonated the developer whose credentials they had, and that allowed them to have persistent access to the system. So, you know, I, I mean, a bunch of that stuff going on right now. So you may want to be thinking about getting advisories out to your people about these sort of attacks, because I'm guessing we'll all be seeing them soon. And since we're on fishing anyway today, uh, new Microsoft 365 phishing attacks are targeting government contractors. Uh, the, the lures on these attacks is an email which requests bids for a government project, which leads to a clone of various federal agencies' login portals, uh, as well as fake login portals for Microsoft uh, for Office 365. Uh, this is very similar to an attack back in January 2022 that was reported by Inky where they were using PDFs that had instructions for how to bid on the U.S. Department of Labor portal and a link to a fake U.S. Department of Labor portal. Uh, Cofence reported that they have expanded their targeting and they are, they are now spoofing Department of Transportation and Department of Commerce information as well. Uh, the new attacks have a link to a PDF rather than an actual attached file to help get around a lot of filters. The files have been cleaned up, apparently. I looked at some of the before and after shots of these files, and you know the, the previous ones had lots of misspelled words, and they were this typical stuff that you expect. The new ones look pretty nice, you know, so they had, they had proper English and all these kind of things on them. And the other tactic that they're using now is they're using very long domain names. Now, they still have their original, uh, their original .gov uh, spoof sites, but they now have spoof sites that say things, and I don't even think they're spoofs, there is one called transportation.gov.bidprocure.secure.akjackpot.com. So they've made subdomains inside of this akjackpot.com, which was originally associated with these attacks in the first place, and they made this really, really long domain so that if you're using a mobile device and you pull that up, you may only see transportation.gov. And if you see that, you may immediately click it because you go, oh, yeah, that link looks okay, even though the rest of it kind of went off the screen. So you better be careful with those kind of things, especially about grants and things like that. Uh, the phishing pages are after your primarily your Microsoft 365 credentials. So that would allow them access to even more people. I'm guessing they're trying to move laterally and escalate, you know, finding better and better credentials until they get, you know, somebody really good. 
International law enforcement has publicly released a tool to clean up Locker Goga ransomware infections. Uh, Locker Goga originally suffered with an attack on Norsk Hydro, you know, if you recall, way back in 2019, and they shut down the company for a week and cost apparently over a hundred million U.S. dollars. Files with the dot locked extension are an indicator of Locker Goga, but there's others that use that as well. But Bitdefender does say that you no longer need to pay this ransom if you ever intended to. Uh, and then this report and study and so forth was a joint operation between Bitdefender, Europol, and Zurich law enforcement in Switzerland. Uh, and there was also uh, the other coordinator of this was No More Ransom Project. Uh, this is, they, they do have a step-by-step guide to clean up uh, Locker Goga on their site. Uh, that's on that No More, no More Ransom Project uh, site. Zurich police released details about the criminal proceedings that they're bringing, and they had arrested someone who was described as a miscreant who reputedly is part. I always wanted to be described as a miscreant, and I probably have been, but I, I like that word, a miscreant. Uh, but a miscreant who reputedly is part of the Locker Goga and Mega Cortex groups. Uh, so the so called miscreant was arrested back in October of 2021. Uh, so that may have something to do with the tool being released because I'm guessing they're sort of negotiating with this miscreant about, okay, you give us this and we'll actually not do bad things to you. Um, they also stated that a tool to clean mega cortex up should be released soon, which further implies, look, you don't want to go to jail in Switzerland. I'm telling you, I've been to Switzerland. I know what it's like there. All that fondue and Italian food, it's just like, ooh, you, you know, you like, like you can't even imagine the horrors of fondue jail or something. But actually, Switzerland's really nice and you should go there. Actually, don't leave it for the rest of us. I, so I couldn't resist this story, this, story, this next one. Um, it gets right down to basic human nature. I, I, I mean, you got to admire humans, they don't change much. You know, you can change all the frames and the frameworks and everything else, but at the end, it's they're still just the same old people. So, these three men in Lincolnshire, which is up in the East Midlands in England, if you, if you don't know, it's a pretty nice place actually. And they have a copy of the Magna Carta and all this kind of stuff. But anyway, uh, there's three that's in Lincoln, not just in Lincolnshire, is a like a county, and Lincoln is a city, but there's some other cities there too. But, um, I think these guys were in Sherman Commons or somewhere, but um, the three men were seen behaving sp- suspiciously in the real world, and somebody called the police. You know, there's three people doing something, and the police show up and they apprehend the three men in a VW Golf with a, and the guys had a taser, a baseball bat, a police uniform, and a fake gun all in the trunk of the car, or as the article says, the boot. Um, so the men were apparently traveling to a, a hacker's home known as Discoli, Disco Dog, or Chinese. Does, it, does this sound like a Guy Ritchie movie script yet? I mean, I, mean I, I hope it does to you because if you haven't seen Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels or Snatch, you've really missed out because Guy Ritchie made some really bad movies too, but, but those are two really good ones. But anyway, this uh, hacker had a lot of profile from a hack in December of 2020 against OG users, which you remember that attack. So apparently this botched up plan was to attempt to force their way into the home using the old fake police officer knock trick, you know, like, hello, it's police. Then they're going to use the old baseball bat and taser trick, which is sometimes called the rubber hose method, to get old disco dog to give up the gelt. So, uh, you know, and, and then once they did that, and what they wanted was the Bitcoin wallets. So they're going to go there and beat the Bitcoin wallets out of you. 
There was also a case in New Jersey last month which involved a man who was arrested for stalking in an investigation into cyber criminal groups hiring button men to hit the streets and settle virtual scores. So you, you, you know, you send somebody out to break all your rivals' fingers. You know, you're not. You think you're going to play Xbox today? I don't think so. Mister Tony says hi, and then they hit you with a with a hammer. Yeah, that's how AJ Soprano did it anyway. Weird story, but it's a fun story. You should you should read it. Um, before he pro- finally produced the award winning work entitled "Pleasing Harmonious Window Overlooking a Lake of Ectoplasm." He specialized in caricatures of pets and could often be found painting Fido or Mr. Fuzzy Britch's fluffy butt on the corner of Broadway and 41st. Please welcome Jason Wood. Hey, everybody. Well, if you can't ransom a company's data, you can at least delete it all. Uh, At least that apparently was the decision made by two miscreants who were trying to ransom uh, Intercontinental Hotel Group, or IHG, as I'll call them throughout here. The story was published on the BBC uh, news site uh, a few days ago, actually, about the intrusion. And they were actually contacted by the attackers via telegram to talk about what they had done. Uh, The miscreants themselves state that they're a couple living in Vietnam, and they decided to go after IHG just for the fun of it. You know, you're sitting there with your significant other. One of you asks, hey, what do you want to do this weekend? Your partner comes back and says, I got an idea. Let's just go ransom a company. Even if we don't get paid, it'll be a great date night. You know, hey, what the heck? Let's go for it. Um, You know, the next thing you know, the two of you are crafting an email attack. To, to get into the victim's network. Um, I know my wife would totally be on board with this uh, long enough for her to get me committed for being obviously out of my mind. Anyhow, that's, that's basically what the attackers did. They, they started off with a, a malicious email uh, with a payload on it, allowed them to get their, their initial foothold into the network. Now, at some point, as they're going along and they're, they're moving through the environment, they did get prompted for multi-factor authentication. And they somehow managed to bypass that. For all I know, they just sat there and do the, the spamming thing that Doug was just talking about. Uh, and uh, just keep requesting authorization, make an authorization request until somebody finally gives in just to shut their phone up or something like that. Maybe they found a technical bypass. I, there's no information other than they did get around two-factor authentication. Um, the attackers did have a problem, though. They kept moving through the network, and they did they get they were able to get around through it. But as they were trying to deploy their ransomware, uh, the defenders at IHG were basically keeping up with them enough to prevent the data encryption from working. This could have been endpoint security. I, I don't know exactly what was going here. They did make the comment that uh, the the servers kept getting isolated on them. At some point, the attackers had decided that they had uh, they just had enough, and they started just deleting da- uh, data from the systems. Now, here's the quote from them um, on the, the explanation for their decision. Our attack was originally planned to be a ransomware, but the company's IT team kept isolating servers before we had a chance to deploy it. So we thought to have some funny, we did a wiper attack instead. So apparently it was all just for giggles. Uh, it had nothing to do with them being frustrated because they're trying to do a ransomware attack and it keeps not working because the defenders are actually responding and, and staying just a, you know, a half a step ahead of them. Uh, definitely no frustration here. Uh, honestly, I'm not entirely sure that I agree with that. But you know, it sounds cool when you're, you're bragging about it to a reporter 
uh, via Telegram, I guess. Uh, regardless of what I think about it, the attackers did indeed start wiping uh, data off the systems. According to the BBC article, uh, IHG started having trouble with their booking and check-in systems. And I had to go back and look back on this a little bit around September 5th. Uh, they went on for the next 24 hours to say that system maintenance was causing the issue, which, you know, I guess we could call restoring data from backup, uh, you know, system maintenance. Uh, then finally on the 6th, they, they had to admit, um, or they, they admitted rather to um, some regulators that uh, they'd been attacked and this caused a disruption in their, their business operations. One of the allegations, and I thought this was kind of interesting, by the attackers was that they got a you know pretty broad access to the environment because they found IHG's internal password vault and they found credentials to it, presumably on some system. Somebody, I yeah, I'm not sure how they ran into that, but I'm picturing somebody you know passwords.txt or something like that. Uh, I don't know why they would need it though because they said that the password was QWERTY with a capital Q. One, two, three, four. So, you know, just a keyboard roll across the top two rows of your um, of your keyboard there. So, yeah, he's like, all right, that was complex. IHG disputes that. You know, they say it was much more complex. And the attackers got around multiple layers of security. And, and we, you know, that's that's pretty typical for a public statement. Um, so, you know, who knows really what password was you know was it really that simple i mean on one side we've got somebody who's trying to make their victim look bad and on the other side we've got the victim who's got some pretty strong incentive to minimize the damage to their image um apparently at some point the bbc asked the attackers how they felt about doing all of this and this i thought was kind of an interesting response because it makes me look at their yeah it was all for fun yeah okay uh, anyhow their response was and i quote we don't feel guilty really we prefer to have a legal job here in Vietnam, but the wages average $300 per month. I'm sure our hack won't hurt the company a lot, end quote. So, yeah, it's all for fun, but apparently they don't have a job and and they were, you know, they, they, they were wanting to get some money out of this. Anyhow, even a small payout is going to be a significant bump to a $300 a month wage. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I think they're, this sounds like this is something that they just do to for work. But uh, anyhow, a few thoughts about this intrusion. Uh, part of me wonders, do we really have an unemployed couple in Vietnam just looking to make a few extra bucks? Or are we looking at some kind of more organized group that decided to just muddy the waters and, and you know, kind of do a, something in public to, I don't know, throw suspicion somewhere else or who knows uh, or what they're saying is real and they just they just wanted to brag about the fact that they they wrecked uh, IHG's uh, week at least regardless of who they are uh, and why they decided to do a wiping attack it does raise uh, a little bit of a warning for defenders um, you know it's good IHG was able to spot the attack quickly enough that they were able to stay just ahead of the attackers and prevent you know ransom from occurring uh the bad part was is they attackers were obviously you know they decided to just go malicious with a different route and maybe their endpoint software you know was was preventing the ransomware from executing and some other stuff uh but they they still had enough access at, at this point to start just deleting data and apparently they have copies of some company data uh, still in their possession 
So, you know, really, I looked at thought, okay, well, I mean, this is something where you, you, maybe this is time to dust off the IR documents, take another look at them and see, um, you know, hey, how fast can we identify somebody point, point of presence into our environment or points of presence? Um, what are our procedures for doing that? Have we practiced at doing that sort of thing? How can we cut off C2 faster? Uh, what tools or gaps do we have to allow us to do this kind of identification? Uh, you know, because again, they they had access to the environment, even though they were preventing the ransomware. The they weren't able to cut off their access before they started destroying data uh, on their own. So you know, we don't see this type of frustrated response from attackers often in the news. It may happen more. Uh, than than it's reported on, but you know this does seem to be a little bit of a warning that you know hey sometimes the attackers just get pissed off decide to burn the place down instead. So take a look at the article links in the sh uh, show notes as usual. Thank you, Jason. Well, you know they say the family that hacks together. Oh, I, I don't have a rhyme for that. There's supposed to be a poet here. There's never a poet here. Like like I I insisted. Okay, there's not a poet, so I don't know the Call family. Larry. Call Larry. He'll come up Call with something. Call Larry. Yeah, Larry will come up with a family that hacks together often doesn't start eating human flesh. I don't know. That's that's <laughs> the best I can do. So you're just going to have to live with it until they get my poet for my, my studio. And finally, hot, lonely planets are just waiting for your call. That's right. Instead of investing in Dial-A-Friend, why not help SETI find new worlds? Apparently, SETI, who is kind of scary but also kind of cool because they send signals out into space and go like, hey, we're over here. If you just happen to come, like, you know, wipe us out, like, hey, Daleks and Cybermen and the Santaran fleet, all, all of you could just come on over. Cardassians, not Kardashians, although they're pretty bad too, but Cardassians, all those kind of things. But anyway, SETI searches for signs of extraterrestrial life, and they teamed up with a telescope company called Unistellar, which makes telescopes. <laughs> writer where's my writer uh to uh, they wanted to enlist citizen astronomers to search the skies because there's already over five thousand confirmed extrasolar planets which are called exoplanets and they found the first one back in 92 but like a lot of astronomy this doesn't involve brian may in like a giant you know telescope facility in the south seas it involves a bunch of people sitting in their backyard looking through their telescope night after night after night and they're trying to spot something weird and like now it, it can be awe-inspiring the first time lou and i looked at the ice caps on mars it was like wow i was actually awed and that, that doesn't happen very often usually i'm way too narcissistic for that i'm like yeah that's cool but look at me but i mean it was pretty awe-inspiring but but this is not this is called the transit method of observation which means you stare at a spot in the sky and you watch night after night after night to see if there's a change in brightness and that means a lot of looking so it's basically when a planet way off somewhere passes in front of something bright you see a slight change in the brightness of that object and then you can report it and name it you know mr planet mcplanet face or whatever you want to call it and, uh, but if you are interested in this kind of stuff, and the people that are, are really interested in it, it is kind of cool, uh, anyone can join the Slack channel. If you're interested, you can get in on it. You can maybe find a new planet. Name it after me is fine. Uh, it, you know, I, I mean, you heard it from me, so you could name it. This, or you could name it Jason. That's okay, too. But anyway, that's the news. Thanks, Jason. We'll see you Friday for the wrap-up show. 